Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. This week, we have HTR Innovations on the podcast, and we'll be talking A-frame blinds, increased comfort from a layout blind, and where you put your gun when you're out hunting the marsh. So without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host alongside me, Greybeard, freelance duck hunting, and our guest for tonight is Tim from HTR Innovations. How you doing, Tim? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Yep. It's really great to have you have you here tonight. Oh, and Jordan, um, apparently my nickname has been changed to Green P. Greybeard, and you'll get the story about that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good story. Awesome. So, uh, Tim, go ahead and uh, let us know a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Well, I'm uh, just a common, ordinary guy that works for a living, and we uh, work for on big pumps and wells, and we like to hunt for therapy. And uh, in the therapy part of it, we find problems, and we have uh, solutions to problems, and that's what led us into developing some products that uh, make our funds, our hunts fun and, and a little safer and a little easier. So that's a little bit about who I am. Awesome. So uh, I guess kind of let's let's jump back to the start uh, with HTR Innovations. Um, you know, where'd you guys get your start with the, the hunting products and, and that stuff? Oh, just like everyone else, you know, um, you go to Cabela's or Bass Pro and you you order stuff and you don't know exactly what you're getting but you need you know you need stuff and and uh, I th- we've only been in waterfall hunting seriously for I think maybe four or five years and um, first our first year was brutal we knew nothing we didn't know what guns to use what ammo to use how to hunt them and uh, we didn't shoot a bird the entire year uh, but we had fun trying um, so in the next year we we learned and we talked to, to friends and other people that were into waterfall hunting and, and we overcome some of the mistakes that we didn't know we were making and and then in that process we we started um having issues with man you know these layout lounge or these these layout blinds you get in them and you think they're cool and they are and but if you have to you know lay in them all day uh, they're very uncomfortable um, and then the the issue of uh, hunting in water where do you put your gun and do you want a sling and dropping it in the water and all that kind of stuff so we we just experienced the problems that that we all have I think that I've heard from hunters and so we started saying well why don't we start making some products that would um, take care of some of these problems and, and find solutions to some of these problems. So we did, we started making stuff in our, in our shop and welding stuff up and playing with stuff just like most people do. And, and then we started, oh, really working on some of it. And, and we got some products that were 
that we used for for a while and really liked them and then we just started saying I wonder if anyone else would like to buy some of these things and so my son Hunter and I went into business together um, started a company and said let's let's take some time and start developing these things and uh, so we've been doing that for a while and one of the things that you know um, that bugged me all the time when I got my products was you look at the box when it comes and it says it's made in China and you know, we live in a global economy but it seems like everything that you buy sometimes is made in China and we were like why, why does that have to be that way and so we started developing and making products and and we think we have some pretty good ones that um, are pretty helpful and one of our goals is to just keep making them here right here in the states and um, it's not about you know becoming rich or it's not all about the money it's it's about uh, solving problems coming up with solutions and if we can make those things right here and support our families and have fun doing it then that's what couldn't agree more. So what, what was the first item that you met, you decided to make, or were they kind of all at once or how did the process go with the very first one? Probably. I think the first thing we toyed with was, was building a portable blind, you know, just like a lot of guys do, they will build a, a portable structure that you can put on your boat and then grass it in or, and then we, we didn't do a lot when we started. We, we weren't, we didn't have boats. We didn't do a lot of water hunting. We, we hunted day ponds and we hunted a lot of fields. And so we started uh, playing with portable blinds that we could brush in along ditches or along fence lines or along day ponds. So that's kind of what we toyed with first. And um, then, you know, we, we looked at some of the, nice blinds that were out there like Zinc's A-frame blind and uh, he was really the only one I think out there that had a an actual portable blind and uh, I really didn't want to pay that much money so we started playing with frames and we actually made some of ours out of steel uh, initially. Um, they were very heavy, very durable. We still have some. They're, some of them are still out in our private ponds that we have but so I think that was kind of the first thing we played was with was making an a-frame blind that was a little bit um, functional easier a um, lot less parts um, and a lot uh, easier to tear down and, and so we've got our blind now where you can tear it down it's only made out of um, uh, six parts six pieces and um, you can take it apart in less than a minute or two and put it in the back of any six and a half foot pickup bed. So it doesn't require a lot of storage space. It, uh, it's very, very light, but yet very durable. You can stand on it, it doesn't break. Um, but one of the other issues that we, we found along the way, once you put a light framed blind out and put a nice uh, cover on it, uh, if you get a 30 mile an hour wind and you're not in that blind, it'll take it like a sail. So we learned from that if we're going to leave our blinds out in the fields for days at a time, we got to stake them down because um, they're pretty light. But so yeah, that that A-frame blind I think was the first thing we we started working on, um, and then we started hunting with people in the water and marshes, and 
that became, you know, for me, frustrating. What do we do with your gun? So we came up with this stand. And then I think the next thing was we went to Missouri for some uh, snow goose hunting. And that was awesome. Three days snow goose hunt with um, six or seven of our buddies. And this was all new to us. We heard stories, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of birds in the air all day long. And put you in the blind before shooting light and you stay in until shooting light is done and you know eight nine hours in a blind laying in muddy ice cold water in flooded rice fields is very uncomfortable um and us being rookies we didn't we, we thought that field hunting we didn't need to take our our waders so none of us took waders and we were miserable hmm. we were cold so the first night we all went to Walmart looking to buy stuff to put inside of our blinds to make, keep us up off the water and keep us more comfortable. And that's what gave us the idea of building the, the layout lounge that will fit in just about anybody's layout blind and keep you up out of the water, keep your your backside warm and, and dry and, and much more comfortable because I don't know if we spent time in those layout blinds how how your neck hurts after about an hour and a half of that uncomfortable bar that's right behind your head. So, so that's kind of how it all morphed. I think the A-frame was first and then the gun stand and then the layout lounge. Um, on the lounge, how does that, do you just lay it? You know, we've got layout blinds and we've got layout boats. So that's obviously a product that would really benefit what we do. How, how does it attach? Does it just lay on top of, what's currently in in the blinds yeah. so like on most of the layout blinds they have that little foam pad and they usually have it with two straps you know uh, that's hooked up to the top bar and it's hooked up to a strap somewhere in the bottom and all what we do is just unhook the two straps on that pad and just move it directly out of the way and then our layout lounge fits right down inside and we made it at an angle for your head and your neck and the width so we've got a couple of them 18 one is an 18 inch wide and one's a 24 inch wide um, and the 18 inch uh, layout lounge will fit in anybody's uh, layout blind by just unhooking the straps and pushing their little pad away and that just drops right in place and so you can position it wherever you want and it holds your head right up where it needs to be and your neck is on the comfortable pad instead of on that bar and you know the pads that they give you, they just kind of like sag and no back support. It's just support. basically can. I mean, mine yeah. is it's not even a pad in my layout, yeah. so it's not even a pad. It's just yeah. I don't know what the material is, nylon or canvas or something, but there's no pad to it. Right, right. It's just kind of like, hey, it's in there and use it and deal with it. And so it's really easy to slip in. We you can even put them in the power hunter blind, which is that fold up. There's a really little frame to the power hunter, but the 18 inch will slip right in there and. And you are laying and sitting on closed foam, canvas, packed layout lounge, very, very comfortable. Keeps your heat in your body, keeps you off the icy ground in the winter, keeps you out of the water if you're laying in a flooded flooded uh, field. And what I found out by accident really is I bought a couple of those um, uh, Momarsh uh, canoes, really nice heavy duty ones, and crawled in there one time and like, wow, uh, wait, hey, I have a layout lounge. And I stuck the layout lounge in there and it fits perfectly in there. Um, and so it accomplishes the same thing with those. And so if you're 
if you're on your knees and paddling down to your spot, your knees are on the layout lounge and it makes it much more comfortable. Um, and then if you want to hunt out of it, like a lot of people do, you just lay right down and you're on the pad. So um, it easily, you just pick it up, take it out. Um, and so the other thing we made it for too is if you don't want to hunt with a layout blind, like sometimes you you just can't risk the, the big bumps in the field. Um, you can't cover it up. So you can take that layout lounge and put it right in between the cornrows. It fits right in between 24 inch cornrows and get your profile a lot lower, but still be off of the cold ground or the wet, muddy ground. And then the blanket that we've made for it, you can stubble it in. And so there's a number of products out there that are similar to it, but not exactly like it um, is as versatile as ours and as comfortable and I think as durable um, as what we built. Uh, but like I say, you can use it for multiple things. So yeah, on, the, on, the, on the paddling part of it, I'm interested in that. Um, with, with your knees being on the pad, is, could you just kind of straddle the headpiece of it a little bit? So you're kind of, your knees are on the ground and then you're just kind of resting back against that. Would that, you think that was something that would work? Yeah, so what I do is I push that, the, the highest part of the pad goes all the way back up and it actually goes underneath the top part of the of the Momarsh. Um, it fits right in there. I bought the Momarsh and I put those little, uh, those little blind, those little doors that close on it, you know, so it's, yeah, it's got a low enough profile that you can slide it anywhere you want inside that Momarsh blind mm -hmm. uh, or canoe. So you can position it wherever you want, slide it back and forth. Um, and it's, it makes it a whole lot more comfortable. Yeah. I'm excited about that. We use those. We've got Ascend H12 kayaks, but they've got, they're essentially just a layout boat. I mean, they're deep well, yeah. and we've got a blind attachment on top of it. And man, I'm excited about that. I think that's going to be really comfortable for those. One thing we haven't checked out yet and we've got to is we got to find out how do you if we could get it certified as a flotation device that would be an added benefit but i don't know yeah i don't know how you go about doing that so we're I'm gonna, not sure we got to check into that <laughs> our r d guys got to get on that what's the, what materials that made out of it is a closed foam on the bottom and then an open foam on the top half closed foam so that it does not absorb the water and then the and closed foam is much more rigid and a little stiffer. And the open foam will absorb some water, but that's the part that goes underneath your neck and your back and your head, so it's a little bit more comfortable if you're laying on your back on it. And then we completely wrap the thing in the 900 denier, which is seems to be the, the industry standard right now that everybody's making their layout blinds and their covers and all of that. Some people are making it in 600 denier, but we've made ours in 900 denier, uh, so it's extremely durable. Um, can't rip it. Um, you can take a knife if you, if you want and cut it, but I don't think you're gonna uh, be going through those very quickly. They're, they're extremely durable. I would say one added benefit to the, the layout lounge is using them myself as a, uh, it definitely helps you sit up faster and uh, you know, it's less strange. You just kind of, you're already kind of at an angle on a, a pad opposed to kind of what you're saying with the, the straps that are in a normal layout blind or um, where you end up being a lot lower kind of, uh, and it's more of a struggle to sit up as quick as you can. But with that layout lounge, it kind of props you up. And I think even for, uh, you know, older people, 
um, you know, who might be a lot slower than they once were uh, sitting up from the laying position, that it would be a huge benefit. And uh, as far as me, like I, I've hunted without them and with them, and and I prefer definitely prefer not to hunt without them at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gives great back and neck support. And I can just be able to use it around the campfire, just laying around. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to be doing a couple of promo videos on them, and that crazy thing is is extremely versatile. Um, and, and I I won't I won't I won't spread too much of it, but we'll we'll have some promo videos out there for for how versatile it is and what you can use it for. That's cool. Awesome. So you think uh, we should jump into the lightning round or? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. I, uh, I I do want to talk more about the A-frame a little bit, just out of curiosity, but let's do the lightning, lightning, lightning round. Okay, we'll go for the lightning round. All right, so lightning round, quick questions, quick answers. So let's jump right into it. What gun do you shoot? A Browning. Which one? A-10, 10-gauge. <laughs> Love it. All right. 10-gauge? You say 10-gauge? 10 10-gauge. 10 yes. <laughs> At teal? Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Do you still get to eat them? <laughs> uh, no, I give them away. <laughs> uh, what kind of ammo do you shoot? I have used a lot, but I uh, the most I bought is the the heavy shot or the heavy metal. I think I have more boxes of heavy metal than anything. And uh, what size uh, do you go three and a half or th- uh, or three inch? Oh, three and a half always in the ten gauge. Nice. And uh, you'd be right along the line as uh, Dr. Duck. He calls uh, the three and a half inch, he calls them candlesticks. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so anytime anybody asks him what he shoots, he says candlesticks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, shot size for ducks? For ducks. Wow. Probably number three. Number three. Uh, I'm more of a, I, I like to go number fours. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie, what do you shoot on those? Uh, twos on, on big ducks. We start with, we're, we start with sixes this year on teal. And sixes or fours, and then as the mallards show up, we'll switch back down to twos. But I may try to hold with these sixes for a while after patterning them and see how they do. Yeah, I don't know why, but uh, for whatever reason, I just feel more confident with the fours. Just whenever I've, I've shot them, I've just seemed like my accuracy is a little bit better, and it's probably because you get more BBs. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, shot size for geese. Uh, number two is early season and then BB's late. BB's late. And on on your choke, do you go for full or modified? Oh, it depends on the situation. I mean, if we're, if we're shooting geese and they're going to be within 25 yards, I'll just use my standard browning modified choke that's in it. Um, but if it's late season and I'm hunting over a field and they, they may be a little bit wary uh, and it's going to be... 40 yard shots and I'll use an extended choke, but all right. Do you ever change mid hunt? Do you keep your chokes with you and change in and out mid hunt? I do keep them, but, um, based on the places where we hunt, I pretty much know how far the shots are going to be. So, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't like to sky blast. So I'd rather, I'd rather kill a duck than just shoot a duck and watch it fly away wounded. Yeah. So in those cases, in, in where we're hunting, the place will determine what size, what size choke I have. And uh, since we're on the subject, kind of, uh, ducks or geese? Wow. Yeah, you know, um, I probably shot more geese than ducks. 
but ducks is a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I wish I could. I wish I could do more. I wish I could kill more ducks. Well, you got to pick one. Which one, which one's your favorite? Well, it has to be geese then. And uh, I think that might be a podcast first, as far as geese mm-hmm. geese being the favorite. Can you think of anybody, Elliot, that's uh, said geese over ducks? Mm, I think someone may have said specs. You might be right. Was that uh, that would have been Bobby Hayes? Yeah, was it? And what? Uh, yeah, I think there was someone else that may have said geese too. Yeah, I think uh, uh, from Hardy Facement, they said geese as well, just okay. because they never get to hunt them. But sure. I I find it really interesting that you've shot more geese than ducks because yeah that's definitely I don't think that that's a, a common thing. Well, you know I th- I oh. think I think geese are easier to shoot because they're slower, um, and obviously uh, for recognition if you don't know what a goose looks like you're in trouble. <laughs> but w- with ducks I mean like right now you you got to know what a teal looks like and they fly at a hundred mile an hour so I'm not that good yet to determine is that a teal or is it not a teal and you know so there's a lot more varieties of ducks which is cool i love it and i'd like to hunt more but um i guess i haven't had enough experiences with ducks to say oh yeah that's my favorite Mm -hmm. i think the thing that pushes me over the the edge for ducks is one mallard just like mallard drake just looks so cool Mm -hmm. um and then i just enjoy the taste better of ducks Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I would say also like, you know, right now with these blueing teal, they're like little blue jets and you get the sound effects of them in the air and then darting all over the place. And, and then as I love the progression of the season. So now, you know, the pintails, we actually saw quite a few pintails last weekend, but the pintails and the gadwalls will move in and the widgeon and the mallard show up. I love the, how they change with the seasons and with geese it's like you know okay you got canada's basically maybe some specs and then you switch to snow i feel like that duck hunting is just more of a long term throughout the season experience and that's part of it for me yeah i'd say one of the big positives for goose though is just just it's so crazy to see such a big bird big bird you know just tumbling out of the sky and yeah making a loud thud and and they uh for me at least it seems like they come in bigger groups a lot of times in our area opposed to ducks so there is you know obviously the pros and cons of both and we're going to hunt them both regardless but (laughs) oh yeah it's fun to talk about why which one's better than the other yeah vice versa and then kind of on to some more uh you know just silly questions that we always kind of ask face paint or no face paint or face mask i'm uh i'm an either or guy uh there's a lot of times if, if I've got my blind brushed in really, really good, I don't need face paint or a face mask because they can't see me coming in. So I guess if I'm feeling a little frisky, I'll put some paint on. But I did get my first batch of that hardy face paint the other day. I haven't tried it yet, and I'm excited about using that. Nice. Yeah, I've tested it out, and it's just like to say, it doesn't smudge, um, and it comes right off with a baby wipe. I did have a little bit of it coming off when it rained but besides that um yeah it works great yeah you know i did not want to mention this on the podcast when we had hardy on but i buy um during halloween you just get that regular black makeup face paint or halloween that stuff comes off really easily Hmm. and that's what i have traditionally used i haven't tried the hardy yet but i'd like to do a comparison between the two because you can buy them for like a buck a tube during halloween 
you pick up 10 and you're like, I still haven't used what I had from last year. And then, um, beard or no beard is another question we always ask. <laughs> oh, beard by all means. Beard. Yep. I'm the same. I usually, uh, I can't say usually I've been duck hunting that long, but, um, for the last two seasons at the beginning of the season, I stopped shaving and let it go for the whole season. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, you can, that's pretty common. I think among duck hunters. See, mine works really good for snow geese. So mm, nice. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to wear yeah, all no, white on your no face. No face mask. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, am I missing any Elliot, any of the common this? Or the, uh, I don't think so. I think, I think that nail them. Yeah, one one that I would add specifically for you though is um, with you having layout a layout product and an a frame a frame product. Which one would you pick between the two, um, as far as hunting it and let's just say a regular cornfield? Uh, a regular cornfield. Um, you're probably going to do better with a layout lounge to get your profile down as low what you can um we've experimented with ditch lines along cornfields and we haven't had very good success with that i mean the geese especially mm, they're going to want to land at least 80 feet from anything if there's a wide open cornfield and they're not gonna it's not like you can we've never had success with putting a an a-frame blind along the edge of a ditch row in an open cornfield and decoying them in within 20, 30 yards. So you can find that X on the field and there happens to be a low muddy spot or a little bit of water in that cornfield. You gotta get as close as you can to it and try and cover up. See, one thing I would I would say, I've been seeing more and more, is even people pushing the A-frames the out into the fields and um, you know having success with that and you know, I don't know. If, I don't know that I've ever actually hunted that way with the A-frame blind out in a cornfield, uh, but I think that would definitely be something to try out and experiment. Because for me, as far as like comfort goes, um, maybe not even comfort, but just like it's just more enjoyable, I guess, to stand. I mean, some people really like to lay out. I know Elliot, you uh, really enjoy laying out in your layout boats in the marshes, um, and some people really enjoy laying out in cornfields and getting the birds right up in their face. Yeah. But, uh, you know, too, I, I don't know. There's just something about standing up and, you know, being able to pop up right right when the birds get there. So I, I know it's just kind of personal opinion and and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that's a really cool option with with an A-frame in a, in a field. Yeah, and we're excited about our new camel design that we just came out with this year. It took us, man, over a year and a half to... To be able to come up with our own camel pattern to make it look like a cornfield so we're just going to have to do some experimental hunts and see if we can get decoy into the middle of a field and those things yep for sure and when you have a dog in those a-frames does the whoever is working the dog just sit on the end and you just have the dog kind of sitting off the side is that how people normally would work that yeah, pretty much. Uh, both sides are open. Um, they've got straps that you can close them, and you can leave the last strap open so a dog can go in and out real easy. Or uh, the bottom of the, the fabric is not tied to the frame, so you can have the dog's head poking right out the underneath side of anywhere in the in the A-frame, and he can jump right out the bottom. So oh, I know nice. you, there's, you don't like to have to have a dog door in, in our A-frame. They can mm -hmm. get in and out real easily. 
uh, by just moving up the cover a little bit. Yeah, and if you're hunting in a field too, it wouldn't be too hard to, if you have the standard dog blind, just have it setting right next to you, right outside the door, so you'll be able to, you know, stick your arm out the hole. I guess you guys can't see my arm, but <laughs> arm out the hole and, uh, you know, retrieve the goose or duck or whatever you're hunting in the field to pull into your blind. So either either option probably would work yeah, fine with that. Absolutely. So how, many people fit, how many people fit in those A-frame blinds? Uh, we've hunted four in, in there, uh, and that's tight. Um, but you can do it. Uh, we made it very comfortable for three. In fact, the new cover that we made for the top has three specific openings so that the hunters can pop out of the opening up top. Uh, so very, very comfortably, three guys and a dog. Um, if, if that fourth guy really wants to go with you, you can do it. Uh, but you're, you know, you're shoulder to shoulder and you're fighting for room in there. Can you, could you put those in like calf deep water? Oh, absolutely. That's where we have a lot of success. Yep. What's the deepest you think that would be, you could do it in? Well, we did it in, uh, in one of the spots where people fight to get to in our area. Um, it's, uh, and it was not quite waist deep. Uh, and we went and stuck a blind out there and we brushed it in with natural cover and left it there for two weeks before duck season and we hunted that opening morning oh wow and we were in almost waist deep water wow yeah so it I've was got that. it was it was nice because half of the blind was submerged below water yeah that is very cool it's i've never been in an a-frame blind never used one but before the season, I was talking with Aiden because we've got this hole. It's dry right now, but um, it used to have some willows and stuff like that. But we've had so many floods that they all pretty much got sucked out and there is no cover. And even for layout blind hunting, there's no cover. And when he and I were talking, I was like, I mean, because this thing's deep in the woods, this backside of this hole, a lot of people don't even know about it or can get to it. And I was like, what if we had an A-frame blind and we just, you've just stuck it back in the trees and either chained it to a tree or, or I don't know, something. And then whenever we wanted to have it, that A-frame's there, we drag it out into the water, probably about knee deep. And now we've got cover and we're hunting an area that no, literally no one is going to be able to hunt because there's no way to get hidden in there. Right. And that was before I even heard about you guys' products. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be really cool. Yeah. And the cool thing with this blind is it is so easy to take down. So you wouldn't need to, to leave it out in the woods or leave it, in the pond unless it's your pond only and you don't want to have to transport and set it up all the time we have a couple ponds like that where we're the only ones that can hunt it and so we have a couple blinds that we will leave out there all season long because we know they're not going to get stolen and no one's going to hunt in them and we don't have to constantly take another 20 minutes for setup time but you know if that's a concern to you then by all means in less than Two minutes you can have your blind apart and the, the cover rolled up with the brush that's stubbled in it and throw it in the back of a, an atv or one guy can carry it all by himself if he wants so it's because we've made it out of aluminum it's very very light um, and very easily transportable and it, it you know some of the blinds when you get them uh, there's like 200 and some parts that you have to put together and it might take you an hour or two. If you're like me, it might take you half a day. 
Um, but then it's put together and you, you got to like store it in these big sections. Uh, and our blind is, is not like that. It's, it's six pieces. It takes down, um, there's no nuts and bolts that you have to put together. Uh, it all pins together and the pins are all cabled to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that when you're setting something up, something up in the dark with your headlight, you, you don't want to drop something in the water. Oh, that's and, for sure. So that's that's one of the the benefits of our blind is it's so easy and durable and lightweight that it's fun to hunt out of yeah that would work perfect for we, we don't we take a we've got like an 18 foot well-built boat with a surface drive on it we go about half a mile up a river channel and then we walk in about 200 yards from there so there yeah there'd be no reason to leave um to leave it out there if one guy could carry it right yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of, do you have any more questions about the gear or the gear before we um, switch subjects, Elliot? No, that, that was the main thing that I wanted to talk about was how, because selfishly, how it applied to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So kind of jumping subjects now, let's, let's get into some duck hunting and talk about that. So you got any uh, big plans for duck hunting this year or this season? Yeah, we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I figured that much. <laughs> yeah, we're we're excited to to use, like I say, with some new camo designs that we've got finished, and we are making product out of. And we want to use them in the field to see how the birds react or don't react to. Um, so we're excited about using those new fabrics. And fabric is a huge thing. Didn't realize how expensive it is how crazy it is how we found out there as far as we know there there are no companies in the united states making fabric everything has to be brought in from overseas and the time involved in getting someone who knows and has contacts and then designing your own ammo patterns it just takes time and getting it to scale and getting it to the right color and everything. Uh, so we're excited about using those patterns out there. I, I found, I don't know if you guys have found this, but uh, geese uh, flare more than ducks. Um, I mean, if you're out there and you're you're covered up, geese seem to be more wary. And if, if something's not right, they, they're, they're not coming in. Yeah, but a lot of times if you're on the X with ducks, it doesn't matter. I've seen videos of guys standing out in the open and they're just flying <laughs> in there, and it doesn't matter what camo pattern they have on them or if they have face paint or no face paint or whatever. Ducks want to be there; they're in there. Mm. And geese aren't aren't that way. If something's wrong, if your buddy left his orange fluorescent vest out behind the blind, um, not only is he going to get yelled at and never invited back, but the geese aren't coming in that day. <laughs> so. We're, we're excited about trying out the new camo designs. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, you got any big hunts planned or are you going to, you know? I have a big hunt planned, but it's not for ducks. <laughs> I'm going elk hunting. In oh, week, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's going to be exciting. Going out to Colorado? You betcha. Now, do you guys do the whole hunt camp thing? We are actually self-guided, self-hunt. Uh, my son and my nephew that lives in Colorado and meeting my brother and... We rent horses and uh, we stay in a cabin that's right on the edge of 40,000 acres of public land and there's no motorized vehicles that can go back there. So you're either on foot or on horseback. And 
Bill Spin. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, went one time two years ago, and it was the most beautiful place I've, I've spent five days in. Didn't didn't kill an elk. Didn't have a chance to shoot at an elk. But four hours on horseback every day in the dark, and then and watching the woods wake up and seeing aspens for the first time was phenomenal. Mm. Phenomenal. You just feel free, I bet. Yeah. 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 Something about being out outdoors. Whether it's elk hunting or duck hunting, just being outside and watching, you know, creation wake up in the mornings. It's, yeah. it's one of the main reasons, you know, regardless of if you're going to shoot shoot an animal, shoot ducks or harvest a, an elk, you know, it's just great to be out there. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, I worship so much better out in the wilderness and out in God's great creation than I do in any church auditorium. And that's just me. <laughs> I, I, I go to church regularly. I love church. It's good for me. But I can worship the creator better when I'm outside. Yep. Just, yep. You, f- you just feel it more. You feel, you, f- you feel the presence and uh, more when you're out in nature than, you know, um, a lot of us are just kind of stuck in what you'd call like the concrete jungle, you know, uh, the buzz of vehicles and working in cubicles. And it's just not, you know, what we were created for in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and then like with the ducks, I mean like, or birds in general, Ducks, turkeys, geese, you look at the specificity of how they're made and the, I mean, they're just, they're gorgeous. They're, it's unbelievable the, the design and the pattern that, that these things have. And if you look at them closely, it's just, it's amazing. There's, yep. there's no way any one of us could create that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not that creative, so... <laughs> uh, if you guys got questions, let's start uh thinking of them and, and putting them in chats in the chat and we'll we'll get to them in a couple minutes here while we're getting to the i want to add one point to the feathers um while we're waiting for questions is it's not just the pattern that's so amazing it's the fact that if you really look at it it's every little tiny feather has a little piece of color that adds into the overall markup of the duck so it's it's like it's almost like a puzzle perfectly put together yeah. to make various patterns it's so amazing it is it really is yeah for sure <laughs> let's go see what we got as far as questions go you got anything else you want to add before we jump into the questions tim no not unless people want to invite me on a duck hunt so i can learn more about duck hunting <laughs> <laughs> Kate has a question, I see. All right, let's go with that. How often are wood ducks, how often you guys see wood ducks? I'm in Wisconsin, 80% of our early season ducks are woodies, especially when there's good acorn crop. So how often do we see wood ducks and do you guys see wood ducks? Um, we see more, I think, early season. Once it gets later, we don't see much, but kind of like uh, late October, um, and I think then they migrate out of there. They're kind of like the blue wing. Blue wing are there in September, and then they're gone, and we probably won't see any during regular season. And then the wood ducks, I don't think I've shot any after maybe the first week of November. Mm-hmm. How about you, uh, Elliot? Um, there are times in which on the opener we can have just be loaded with wood ducks, but they get out of here really quickly. Um, I wish that they would allow us to shoot them with teal. I haven't seen any this year, but 
Um, a lot of times during teal season, I have more shots around my area on wood ducks than we do teal. So I really wish they would combine them here. Oh, yeah. But I shoot very few considering how many we actually have. And Matt asked, what, what's the discount code going to be? Uh, there's not a discount code right now. There will be some promotions that run for HDR Innovation, so keep your eyes open for that kind of stuff. Uh, and in case we haven't said yet, you can check them out on hcrinnovations.com. Uh, Mr. Greenhead asked, what is the deepest you would use your A-frame blind? And... Um, um, Mr. Greenhead, could you uh, be a little bit more specific? Do you mean like <laughs> deep as far as like in the water or deep as far as like how far you take it out into the marsh or something That's like that? That's what I think he's talking about. And I mean, he already went into that in depth. Sounds like it sounds yeah. like you can use it as deep as you're willing to stand. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now, do you need to stake it down in the water? It, will, uh, it'll, no. it won't float or anything. I no, not at all. Um, so it just sets. Okay. Use you... that yours that deep for two weeks and with yep. no worry at all. Yeah, and we brushed it in with natural brush just to make it look like everything else. And we were, like I say, that half of the blind was completely submerged. Um, and I think our blind is uh, 40 tall. Um, so at that point, it becomes how high do you want to hold your gun in the air while you're waiting for ducks, you know? So you can put it as deep as what you want, but at some point it becomes unpractical. Yeah, I'd see like the practical practical depth would probably be around like knee height or something like that yeah um because yeah. then you don't have to worry about your blind bag yeah. uh getting in the water or the bottom of your gun actually dipping too far and you know if it's cold out you're gonna have no, issues you with side the gun stand then it won't so oh, there you go yeah <laughs> yeah so for me it's like you know we take our little marsh seat and uh the put the marsh seat down and so if if my butt's sitting on top of the water i'm good you know you have to like sitting in the water submerged your entire lap that's going to be a little you're probably just going to stand up so yeah uh once blind outdoors uh for htr one um do you prefer marshes lakes or ponds to hunt hmm um well we don't really hunt a lot of big lakes yet so I'm going to have to say marshes and ponds because we've got a lot of day ponds and we've got a lot of marshes and they work great at both. Um, you, you know, it's all about um, blending in with the cover that's around you. So we have one spot where it is a beautiful decorative pond and there is really, really no cover around that pond. It's all number two rock. And then there is a gazebo, a white gazebo right up next to the water guess what you stick your a-frame there and we went and bought a couple of uh you know those four by eight sheets of the polyvinyl lattice work and tip it right up next to the a-frame blind so huh. when the geese come in it blends with that white polyvinyl and they land within 20 yards of us and you kill them so it's it's all about adapting to the cover that you have next to you and really doesn't matter but for our experience we we haven't hunted a lot of lakes yet yeah, it's it's mainly day ponds and marshes and then number two we ask uh once blind door to ask so what's full bodies or socks for your decoy choice full body then uh matt asks, 
what do you use to brush an A-frame in uh, no cut in a cut no stubble bean field? Go hunt the cornfield instead. <laughs> hunt the cornfield or, or, or find uh, your own natural um, brush around the area that yeah. will match the bean field best as yeah. possible. So we pretty much realized that in a, in a picked bean field with no cover, we, we've not wasted our time trying to set up an A-frame in that no cover field. If there are ditches or a spot where the farmer, uh, let's say the, that field flooded a little bit and some of the natural uh, grasses grew up and gave you a little four foot strip of grass or something that's in there and he couldn't actually pick the beans or whatever, we'll try and dump an A-frame in that thing and brush it in and try to get them within shooting range. But you, you've got to have something out there to blend in with. Otherwise, I think you're kind of just wasting your time. Yep, for sure. Hide's the most important part. Um, and then Kate asked, what shotgun do you shoot? You've already said it, but go ahead and say it again. I like the Browning A-10. Browning A-10. And then I think this one mostly applies to you, Elliot. Uh, Kelly asked, do you let the teal decoy or mostly rely on pass shooting? You cut out. Did you say that one was mine? Yep. Um, we we want them decoying. Uh, if I don't know if you, if they watched my teal hunt video I released yesterday, but where we were at, um, if you were going to shoot passing, you were going to be dropping them in tall smart weeds. So um, we we want them right down the decoys. We shot I think forty two or forty three teal this last weekend, and only I can only think of one that was not actively trying to land and that was a flock that came buzzing through but we shot everything else just right down the decoys and then uh benson asked do you guys have a sandhill crane season um we do not in indiana i don't you guys don't in kansas either right uh yeah we do actually oh really okay Mm -hmm. i've never been on one but we we do all right um, we have lots of crane. You, I hear them more than I see them, but yeah, we don't we don't get a ton in here. I've seen some over in Warsaw, but that's about it. We get a lot up in Lower Michigan. Oh yeah, yeah, just a uh, half hour from here. Mm. A lot of crane. Do Michi- does Michigan have a a season? I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, all right, guys. Last call on questions. Another one for Elliot. Did Terry the conference the confidence to go on your your hunt this past weekend? Uh, it's a kind of a sore subject and I haven't talked about it, but, um, golden boy lost Terry, the confidence. Seal. <laughs> and I'm pretty upset about it, but we do have a replacement. He didn't go what well, he didn't go on this trip yet. He'll go this next weekend. And it's, um, Larry, the confidence deal. Um, so, but I don't know if we have a bad year, it's Aiden's fault. All righty. <laughs> I think Aiden was in here, so uh, he'll know that. All right, last call. I think that kind of sums it up on the questions. All right, Tim, really appreciate you coming on tonight yeah. and joining us for the podcast. Uh, go ahead and let people know where they can uh, find you guys. HTRinnovations.com. Uh, check us out. Uh, new products coming. We've got several right now, so we'll have some fun this year. Awesome. And uh, check them out on Facebook and Instagram as well. And 
Uh, anything else you got to add, Elliot, before we sign off here? Yeah, if you are listening to this on um, the podcast version, once this actually comes out, make sure and go in there and rate us and, and leave a comment. And also check us out on Facebook, um, Fellowship of the Duck Gun. Group's growing. We'd love to get you guys in there and interact with us. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, announcement, we've been, we decided to have um, add a second weekly podcast that we're going to be doing for the Duck Gun podcast. Um, we go live on Facebook as well um, and have a, hunt, a weekly hunt update is what our podcast is going to be about. So make sure you guys tune in for those. Um, yeah, so it's going to be sweet. So Starting anyways, about what, 15, 10, 15 minutes? Yep, yep, right about 8 o'clock. We'll shoot for that. So, Anyways, guys, thanks again for joining us another episode of the Duck Gun Pod- Podcast. I'm Jordan, Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot Freelance Duck Gunning, Tim from HR Innovations, and we'll see you guys next time. And that's a wrap, folks. So just a quick reminder, guys, just in case you haven't already subscribed over on our YouTubes or come over there and check out our hunts, the hunts are starting to roll in over there. Elliot has been smashing the teal with his crew, and uh, they've been getting limits like crazy in Kansas. And on my channel as well, going to be having a teal video coming out this week. It's going to be great, guys. So make sure you yeah, go over there and check out the hunt videos we have coming out. Um, also, do us a huge favor. Drop us a review. Um, and tell a buddy, tell your friends about our podcast. Um, we couldn't do this without you guys. Great community we have on the Duck Gun Podcast. So anyways, guys, that's all we have for this week. And we'll see you guys next time. Let's go.